hey, listen, I have a message today that actually, th- this message is, is just going to kind of be like, a, like another one of our family talks, okay? Because I'm actually going to give a little bit of my testimony today. Is that cool with you guys? I'm going to give my testimony today. So actually, it, this is so chill. I, I'm actually, you know what, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even go, hold on one second. I'm going to get this chair right here. I'm going to get this water. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Camera, got to follow. I'm just kidding. Don't worry about it. I'm coming. We're just going to chill and talk today. Ah, man. Oh, my goodness. This is what you guys sit in every Sunday? Oh, Lord. <laughs> goodness gracious. Y'all, we need a, uh, if you want to give, building fund, we need some chairs. <laughs> going to get a building, and we'll have nicer chairs. There we go. All right. That, literally, I feel like I should just say that every week, right? I mean, just like, hey, if you want to get you'll get a building, it's great. All right. Um, so this is what I want to talk to you guys today about is a little bit of my testimony. And specifically, I want to talk about the four times where I've heard from God very clearly. The four times that I've heard God's voice and how you can hear God's voice too. How many of you want to be able to hear the voice of God in your life? leading you and your family? Okay. I've heard the voice of God four times very specifically. Very specifically. A few times, in different ways as well, okay? Not all in the same way. Sometimes I feel like the Lord speaks to us in different ways at different times, different reasons, different seasons, right? Uh, And some of you, maybe you feel like that you've heard the voice of God before and it's been very clear for you. Some of you are like, I've never heard the voice of God. And that terrifies me, okay? Like, I don't know how to hear it. I don't even know if I want to hear it, okay? Because I, I don't know what he's going to say to me. Is he going to make me do something crazy? Like, what is going on? You hear some stories in the Bible of people hearing God's voice. And it's terrifying sometimes. Like, it is, it is a difficult thing when God speaks sometimes. Um, but every time God speaks, it's for, it's for a purpose, right? God just doesn't flippantly say things, okay? God has a reason and a purpose for everything that he tells you, and I believe that he does speak to each and every one of us. But the difference is, is are we able to hear what he's saying? Are our hearts and our minds open to receive the word? Many times I think that we are too busy talking at God, right, instead of having a conversation with God. What is prayer? At the end of the day, prayer is simply a conversation between you and God, when you have a conversation with somebody here in this room, like even just the same way that, you know, I, I would talk to my man Joseph right here. I mean, we have a conversation. If I was just talking at you and at you and at you, but I never let you respond and never let you say anything back to me, that's not really much of a conversation. It's not a relationship at all. That's just me, you know, saying all the things that I want to say and getting all this stuff off my chest. And then you're not ever able to communicate, hey, I have some things that I want to tell you as well. God wants to let you in on some things. But many times when we come to him, we, we come to God and we say, all right, here's my list. I have a prayer list. There's nothing wrong with a prayer list, okay? In fact, I would encourage you to have a prayer list uh, and all the things that you want to pray for and rem- reminding yourself of, hey, these are the things that I'm believing for. These are the things that I'm praying for right now. But, but don't treat it the same way as you treat your grocery list, right? You go through the grocery store and you get, okay, I've done that, check. I've done that, check. Done that, check. Listen, that's not the same way that we pray, When you pray, you have to allow some time for God to speak back to you. And it's difficult. Because so many times we like to talk. and We're not okay with silence. Okay, how many of y'all just got uncomfortable? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, all right, you're like, whoa, what is he doing right now? You get uncomfortable when it's quiet. And I think a big part of that is because of our culture that we live in. 
our culture is very, uh, we're on our phones constantly. I was just talking this morning to some of the guys, and I was like, y'all, I, I have just been on social media entirely too much. And it is crazy. It'll just get you. Like TikTok, you just start scrolling, and it just never stops. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is some funny stuff. This is some hilarious things. You learn some good things or whatever. You're on Facebook. You're on Instagram, whatever it might be. And then you realize, like, oh, my goodness, I have just been on this thing for so long. I need to put this down, and I need to pray, and I need to just sit and be still for a little bit. Can I just, like, chill for a second? It's difficult for many of us to do, specifically even me. So I'm going to get into this. And what I, the reason I say all that is because I want you to open up your heart. And I want you to open up your, your mind today to listen to what God would have to say to you. And not just be thinking the whole time of like, oh, this is what he's saying. Or this is what I would do. or blah, blah, blah. Just, just literally receive the stories, okay. And then listen to what the Lord has for you. And I would even encourage you later today, throughout this week, I'm going to tell you the application now. And then I'm going to tell you everything. So what I want you to do later this week is to sit still and ask God to speak to you. This is what I want you to do. If, if you could just do one thing this week, it would be to sit still and ask God, hey, what do you want to say to me? How, can, can you speak to me? Can, I want to hear your voice more clearly. And then sit and, and just watch what God will do. It will happen in different ways. And let me tell you a few of them right now. Some of you might have heard some of these stories before. So if you have, I just ask that you bear with me, okay? I'm going to give you a, kind of some principles, I think, that go along with each of them. There's one story in here that nobody, I don't think, has heard, except maybe a few people here and there. Um, but these are the four stories of me hearing God's voice. The first one, actually the first one, is technically it's five, but the first one, I was 15, and I was leading worship at a church called Shoreline. It's in North Austin, if you ever heard of it. And that's where I grew up. I went to church. And I, I, my pastor let me play a, a song that I wrote when I was in eighth grade in front of the entire church. Okay, if you know Shoreline in Round Rock, I mean, it's massive. It's, I don't know, there's probably four or 5,000 people there that day. I mean, it was a large church. And I'm a 15-year-old kid, never played in a front of a crowd that large, and I was by myself. I don't know why he let me do this. <laughs> I was by myself with a song that I wrote, okay, and just playing with me and my guitar and my little skinny, nasty-looking self, you know, playing up there. I like, barely even sing at that point, you know. Uh, so anyway, it was an amazing opportunity he gave me, but the Lord spoke to me right then and said, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And and I, I very clearly, you know, it's one of those things, it wasn't like an audible voice, but, you know, you hear something in your head and it's like, I don't know if that was me. That's how the Lord speaks to us many times. A lot of times that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. But, but we'll, we'll play it off as, oh, I guess that was just me or, or maybe that was just, you know, something else that I heard or I don't know what was going on. But listen, I would encourage you to try to learn to divide and separate the voice of God, your own voice, and then even also the voice of the enemy. Which a lot of times, uh, your own voice, you can tell when it's yours. But then God's voice and the enemy's voice, sometimes you really cannot tell the difference. You don't know. Sometimes the enemy will disguise his voice as the Lord's to try to get you to do something that you shouldn't. But you have to learn how to divide those things. And it takes time and it takes practice to learn to get to that point. Um, but you'll get better at it as you go on. That's the beauty. It's a muscle. As we stretch it, as we, as we work it, we grow those things. We grow those muscles and learning to differentiate the voice of God between our own and, and the enemy. So... Uh, he said, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I had that feeling. And so immediately I went home and, and, and you know, I told my family, you know, over the next few months, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to be a pastor. I want to work in a church and I want to do music. That was one of the big things that I felt like the Lord had for me at that time. And so when I was 16, I ended up uh, figuring out what 
Bible college I wanted to go to. I went to Sagu, Southwestern Assemblies of God University in Waxahachie. We had some of our fam over here. That's how I met like half this worship team. So uh, we all went to college together and it was an amazing experience for me. But uh, I left after about a year and a half. I got a job at a church called Cornerstone in San Antonio. And I went through this season. This is the first time where I really, really heard the Lord's voice kind of as an adult anyway. I went through this season for about two to three months where I just, I just wanted to hear the voice of God, right? I just, I could not go any more of my life without feeling the presence of the Lord, without hearing from Him, without Him leading me in whatever way that He wanted me to go. And so about two to three months, every night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., I would read my Bible and I would pray. Now, I would not recommend this on a regular basis necessarily, okay? This was definitely a season of, of consecration, which really is kind of a big fancy Christian word for. I was just trying to, to put myself before the Lord, okay? And I'm going to say, listen, do with me whatever you want me to do, okay? And so 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. to about 2 a.m., sometimes even 3 a.m., I would pray and I'd read my Bible. I'd get my Version app on my Bible, right? If you have that, you know what I'm talking about. I have uh, Morgan Freeman read me the NIV, basically. I'm telling you, the dude sounds like Morgan Freeman. It is awesome, okay? Uh, and I would even sleep with it. I would just leave it rolling all throughout the night. And so I would wake up in the morning. The Word of God is still being spoken over me. Uh, I would get home. I would go to work at the church and get home, eat dinner, hang out, whatever. And then uh, as I would go to sleep, same thing. I would start this process all over again. I was 19 years old at the time when, when I did this. And I, I would pray this prayer. I would say, Lord, would you speak to me in dreams? Would you speak to me in visions? Would you let me hear your voice? And would you let me lead me to help as many people as I can? That's really what I would pray. I would say, Lord, would you just give me words for people that to encourage them? Would you help me to uh, meet people when I go to the store? And, and know what to say to them, how to encourage them and, and speak things over them through me. Would, would you speak to me? And it was kind of this prayer, like I say, like, here I am, Lord, send me, you know, send me. I want to go. I want to be the one that you use. And I was kind of petitioning like a player that's on the sidelines, right, that's saying, hey, put me in, coach. Come on. Like, I want to be the one that has the ball in the game, all right? And there's some tenacity that I think kind of uh, we need to have as Christians to say, hey, Lord, listen, don't use somebody else. Use me, right? Don't use, you could use somebody else, Lord. But I'd much rather you use me. I want to be the one that you speak to. I want to be the one that leads a movement. I want to be the one that changes my city, that changes my family, that changes things in, in this world. And so I think if, if some of us could just get a little bit more gumption to, to come to the Lord with boldness and say, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you help me to lead people in a great way? Would you help me to encourage people? I think the Lord might just do it for you. If you just ask, right? So I started asking. I said, Lord, would you... Would you speak to me and in visions, dreams, whatever it might be? So it was 2 a.m. one night, and then I, I got woken up at about 4 a.m., and I had this vision of this kid that was in Whataburger. And I've told this story before. If you know it, you know it. And it's, it's just one of those stories I think I'll, I'll just never forget, and I'll preach it till the day I die. But Lord woke me up, and I saw this vision immediately as I woke up. I, like, popped out of bed, and there was this kid that was in a cast, and he was on crutches and he was walking out of Whataburger and the Lord said go pray for him and I said no Pfft. went back to sleep I tried to anyway okay I literally immediately was like I'm not doing this there's no way okay I, I don't know what's going on 
and maybe I had some bad pizza or some tacos or something the day before. Like, what am I seeing right now? Uh, and, and, you know, I had just gone to sleep, too, a, a couple hours earlier from reading my Bible and praying. And so then I just could not go back to sleep. I couldn't shake it, and I, I knew what I had seen. I knew that I had seen this vision. I knew that I had seen this kid, and the Lord had told me to go pray for him. I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. So I tried to go back to sleep probably 10 minutes, and I was like, all right, Lord, I guess I'll get up. You know, and I like Whataburger. I mean, like, who doesn't like a good chi- honey butter chicken biscuit at 4 a.m., okay? You know what I mean? So I get up, and I knew the Whataburger he wanted me to go to because I frequented it a lot. Frequented it? it? That's a difficult phrase to say. I was there a lot, okay? So um, went to this Whataburger, and there were some people there, you know, like old man that was probably waking up for the day and some kids that were there probably from the night before. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, you don't know why that there was, there was even, I think, a homeless gentleman in the corner and then some other random people there. Surprisingly, a lot of people for 4 a.m. at Whataburger, right? And so I get in there, I get my breakfast, I sit down and start reading through my Bible. And I'm like, all right, Lord, like, where is this person I'm supposed to pray for? Like, where is he? You know, because I know there's supposed to be a guy here. I'm supposed to pray for him. I don't see anybody with a cast. I don't see anybody with crutches, like none of that. So for 45 minutes, I sit there, I eat my breakfast, I finish it, read my Bible, and then I got discouraged, to be honest. Okay, I got discouraged. I said, all right, Lord, I, I guess I misheard you. I don't know what's going on, but, but maybe what I saw wasn't real. I'm going to get out of here. And so I picked up my tray, and as I start to walk, I see these three boys that had been there the whole time, high schoolers. Two of them got up, and underneath the table, they picked up the crutches that were underneath the table and handed them to their friend, the third kid that was there the whole time I'd been there. And then he gets up and starts walking on his crutches with a cast on his right leg and starts walking out of Whataburger in the exact same way that I saw in my vision. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment and said, you doubted me. And I felt that one just as clear as day. I felt that one in my spirit. And I said it to myself, but I knew that was the Holy Spirit. You doubted me. I was like, no, no, I was, I had it. I was right there. You know, I was almost, I almost saw it all the way through, but then I, I was like, well, he's right there. I got to go pray for him. You know? So, so I run after this kid and, and I pray for his leg. And I wish I could tell you that the story was that he was miraculously healed and he ripped off his cast and ran laps around, you know, but that wasn't the story. That's not how it ended. And then, well, Pastor Trevor, why are you preaching that? That doesn't seem like the great story that we should be hearing. Well, listen, I believe that the Lord taught me something very important that day that he could teach all of us. And that sometimes when the Lord speaks, it's not about you understanding why or how or understanding even the outcome of what happens. But it's simply about obedience. It's simply about us saying yes when God says move. And when God says move and you say yes, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. You can know and you can have faith that you did the right thing. Maybe we could talk about faith, and maybe, I, maybe if I had a little bit more faith, the guy would have been healed. Maybe if I did, would have done something specifically or the right way or the right, it doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter. I got out of bed, I went, I found him, and I prayed for him. And his leg didn't get healed, but what I was able to do at the end of that prayer is say, listen, I don't know who you are, I don't know if I'll ever see you again, right? But what I do know is that the Lord woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning, and I saw you in a vision, and he told me to come pray for you. God is thinking about you today, my man, and I I don't know what's going on in your life, but I just want to let you know that God loves you so much. He cares for you, and he has a plan for you, and and, I hope you guys have a great day. You know what I mean? Like, that was literally it, and that was it. Never saw the kid again. Maybe he was healed later on. I don't know. Maybe he was seeking after the Lord, or maybe the Lord um, 
use that moment to change his heart over to him. Uh, he was definitely not a believer. They were freaked out when I first walked up to him. I was like, listen, bro, I know this is going to sound crazy, okay? But I saw you in a vision. The dude's like, okay, you know? But, but I went up to him and I, and I explained, hey, listen, God showed me you. Like, there, literally, there's no other reason why I'd be here right now, you know? And so I was able to encourage him in that moment. And in, in the Bible, we see Abraham. There's a time when he didn't understand what he was supposed to do, but, but God had told him to take his son Isaac up to the mountain, right? And he was going to sacrifice him up there. But, and he could have asked questions. He could have said, well, why? Like, why would you have me sacrifice my son, the one that, that was the, the promised son that you told me that I would have? Why would you have me go up there and sacrifice him? This doesn't make any sense. But Abraham went up there anyway. And right before he took the knife to his son, God uh, stopped him and provided another sacrifice for him. you got to imagine what was Abraham thinking in that moment. More importantly, what was his son thinking in that moment, right? I mean, goodness gracious, he's about to get slaughtered by his own father. And then God provides the sacrifice. What did Abraham do well in that moment? He obeyed. He obeyed God. He listened to what he said. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it's called the faith chapter. You go back and, and you see that, that Abraham had so much faith in God that he even believed that even if he killed his son, that God could bring him back to life. That's how much faith that Abraham had, that when God says to move, he's going to move, and no, matter, no matter what the cost. And so that's the first story of me hearing God's voice very, very clearly. That's the first one. I was 19 years old at that time. Now, skip, before, skip forward a few years. Some things went down, and, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit uh, in my life that, that was not the greatest, but uh, I'll tell you at the end of this message today. The second time I really felt like I heard the Lord was when I met my wife, Lindsay, which I know she was here a little bit ago. Is she still here right now? I don't know. She's around here somewhere. I think she's with Oakland and the kids, but I was about to get a job at another church in San Antonio called Community Bible Church. Incredible church down there. It, I mean, 20, 30,000 people, just ridiculous, the growth that they've had and, and, and what God has done there, and even in the supernatural. It's just, man, it's really been amazing. Some awesome people there, great leaders. And I was about to get a job there to be uh, kind of a middle school pastor and help with the middle school ministry. And I had done that for a few years. I'd done middle school, high school, and college. And, but specifically, middle school was kind of my, my forte. And I'd gone to another church and done middle school, high school, worship, and some different things there. Uh, and, you know, but this was a very, very large church. And they wanted me to kind of be one of the, the main guys for their, for their youth ministry. So this would have been a great step up for me. And first time I would have had like an amazing, you know, salary and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was working hourly at the other church and I'm like, man, this is it. You know, I'm like, I'm like 22, I think now at this point, I'm like, this is the job. This is it. This is the end. This is it for me. You know, I'm excited for this. And so I went to the, the whole interview process, did two interviews, took all these assessments and everything that they do before you get hired. And I just, I had this feeling like I, I wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure about it. Um, and a few weeks before that, I had been leading worship at some youth camps. I had done, uh, I was a traveling worship leader, and so I traveled and went to some different youth camps for nine weeks that summer. And on the last week, on the second to last day, a youth pastor comes up to me, and he says, hey, uh, I don't know if you know me, but my name's Stephen. I'm one of the youth pastors here. I've kind of seen you around, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask, is there, is there a Mrs. Trevor around? And I was, he didn't even know my last name. He said, Mrs. Trevor. And I was like, uh, nope, there's not a Mrs. There's not even a girlfriend. I am very, very single. Okay, very extremely single. Uh, very available, as a matter of fact. And so uh, 
He said, well, we have an inquiring mind. And I'm like, inquiring mind? Like, who says that? You know, like, what kind of a statement is that? I don't even know what that means, you know? Obviously, I knew it was somebody, but I'm thinking like a student. Or, and I'm like, I'm like 22, you know, you got high schoolers. Like, this is weird, you know? And so he's like, no, we got an inquiring mind. It's one of our leaders in our youth ministry. And uh, she's going to college and, you know, she's kind of interested in you. Like, you know, would you be interested in meeting her? And now this is my main thing. Anytime that you see somebody that comes up to you in the church Usually, I'm not going to lie, it is the grandmas, okay? They always will come up, and if, they, if you're single and you're under the age of 25, all right, you're going to get a grandma to come up to you at some point and say, you need to date my granddaughter. And she is like 80 to 90% of the time just butt ugly. I'm not even going to lie. I'm sorry. I am just straight up every single time. I'm, I'm sorry. There is a reason why your granddaughter. I'm just kidding. 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 I can't, I'm not kidding, though. I'm serious. I have seen it time and time again. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But anyway, hey, listen, I'm telling you. This guy says, I said, can I see a picture? Because I'm just nervous. This happened to me like 8,000 times, and it's just never worked out. All right. I see a picture of Lindsay Sturgeon at the time. Okay, Lindsay Sturgeon. And oh my goodness, y'all know her. This girl is fine as can be. This girl is good looking, okay? And so immediately my first thing is like, okay, this is starting off well, all right? So please let me meet this girl, okay? And so uh, listen, I'm telling you, this is family talk today. I'm getting super real with you guys. So uh, this is the things that we pastors think of sometimes. So uh, I go and I, <laughs> I, I ask if I can meet her. And they set up a, a, a time or whatever after the morning session the next day. And uh, I go up to meet her, and she's very shy, and she didn't want to talk to me, whatever. And I was like, okay, like, hi, what's up? And uh, so we talked for a little bit. And I got her number. We started talking. And then her youth pastor says, hey, why don't you come back and lead worship at our youth group? I know you guys have been talking a little bit. Come lead worship, and you can preach for our youth group, and uh, you can stay with us at our house. So they literally made their sons move to a different room so that I could stay with them. Like, I, bear, I don't even know this dude. This is a week later. Me and her have been talking for a week. And um, we start hanging out, and it was a Sunday. I go to her parents' church. I meet her parents. I meet her brother. I literally have known this girl for a week, all right? And I'm coming up from Austin to go to Fort Worth, and I meet all these people. Everybody that's important in her life, I meet them like day one of me even really hanging out with her. And then the next day, we go on a date. No, that was that day, actually. We went to uh, see Ant-Man, all right? And then the next day, we were hanging out, and we were sitting in the car, and I just felt the Lord say, like, yeah, this is it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and that was it. I knew right there in that moment that Lindsay was going to be my wife. And, and I, I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I knew she was going to be my wife. And so I said, hey, we should date. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, like, you should be my girlfriend. I will be your boyfriend. You know how this works? This is kind of a thing. You know, people do this, right? But she was like, I barely know you. And I was like, I mean, I'm just telling you, there's something here. Like, there is definitely something here. I'm, I promise there's something going on. This is the Lord you know, you just need to go with me on this, okay? Just, just trust me. It's going to be all right. And she'll tell you this story from her perspective now. She was like, I didn't know him at all. Like, he could have been a creeper. Like, he was a worship leader. Like, you know, I tell you my side of the story with the whole grandma thing, you know. She'll tell you her side of the story. Listen, there's some worship leaders that are some creeps, okay? I'm not even going to lie. There are some worship leaders that are all about themselves. You know what I mean? Like, they're just trying to look good. They're trying to sound good, okay? And so all they care about is themselves, and you should stay away from them, all right? But listen, she, she knew that, and she had been in church her whole life, so she's trying to keep her distance a little bit. But I was like, no, I promise I'm not crazy, all right? Like, I promise just, just, just go with it. Just go with it. 
And so reluctantly, she says yes in that moment. And so we come back uh, to hang out with her family. We're boyfriend and girlfriend at this point, all right? And so, um, but now I go home. And, and I'm going through this interview process, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I'm about to get this job in San Antonio, and she's about to go to college in, in Oklahoma. And so I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I, I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about this long distance thing. I feel like we're supposed to be together. And so I told CBC, I said, y'all, I'm just going to wait a little bit. Like I, I kind of stalled on them for a while, and they were kind of waiting, you know, to, to offer me officially and, you know, going to be waiting on an answer. And, and I, I could have pursued that a little bit more, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, just hold off. <clears throat> and so I'm glad I did because about two weeks later, my buddy Joseph Kelly that I went to college with as well called me and said, hey, we have a position for you. We've been following you, seeing everything you've been doing on, on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, traveling around. We have a position for you. I think it'd be great. Would you like to come up and work with me and Bryce, another college buddy of mine here in Oklahoma? And I was like, bro, that's crazy. That's Oklahoma. Okay, how far away is y'all's church from Oklahoma Christian University? That's where Lindsay was about to go back to. And he said, about 20 minutes. Why? And I said, I'll be there next week. <laughs> so I took that job, and, and within about a two-week span, I met Lindsay. We started dating the next week, or a three-week span. I got the call from Joseph, and I was in Oklahoma with all of my stuff in a duplex uh, ready to go, and Lindsay moved in actually the day after I moved up there, and then we dated the whole school year and got married to the day that we met the year before, uh, which was really, really cool, but I knew it right at the beginning. I was like, this is definitely from God. Now, I think sometimes in life, we have to turn down a good thing for a great thing. There's going to be some times that God is going to speak to you and you might, you might feel like, hey, there's some good things that are going on. I'm like, this could be a good opportunity for me. This could be a good thing for me to do. It would have been a good thing for me to go to CBC. It really would have. I would have excelled in my ministry and in all kinds of different things. I think it would have been a very good thing. But I think the great thing for me to do was instead of going to the 20,000-person church, that maybe uh, my, my integrity and maybe my level of character, to be honest, maybe my level of, of leadership was not ready for, I needed to go to the church of 500 and help them build that church from 500 to 1,000, right? I needed to go there first because that, would, that was the great thing for me to do. Lindsay was the great thing for me to do. The good thing for me to do would have been go there. But what a lot of people don't know is there was actually a huge transition at CBC. The pastor changed. There were so many people that ended up having to get laid off because they made a bunch of different transitions at the church. And listen, I'm going to be real. I probably would have been one of those dudes, okay? Like it was, it was just a few months even after I would have taken that job, maybe a, a year later, max. They had to make a lot of transitions. And it was a very healthy thing that they did for their church. It was amazing for them. But just being real, when you're the new guy, right, I mean, you're probably going to be one of the people that's let go first. So I might have even taken that job and then been let go and not even been able to be with this girl that I thought I was supposed to be with. I traded a good thing for a great thing. And in Proverbs 19.21, it says, many are the plans that man has, right? But the Lord's plans are better. That's a paraphrase. But basically, we have all these plans. We have all these things that we want to do, all these ideas that we have. But listen, sometimes God will ask you to trade in something. He'll ask you to trade in things that are good for things that are great. And God's plans are better than ours. And when you don't understand and when you don't know why, listen, you just have to understand that God is going to lead you. If you will listen to his leading, sometimes the thing that looks the best is not always the best. Sometimes the thing that looks the best might actually be from the enemy. He might be trying to get you off track. Might be trying to, you might be trying to push too far ahead and you might outrun your character. 
You might outrun your leadership ability. You might outrun the things that God has for you. And I would have been outrunning uh, a lot of those things in my life. And so I'm glad that I hung back and waited for the Lord to speak. And he did. Speaking of waiting, one of the biggest waiting challenges I ever had in my life was the third story. And you guys know this one if you've been around here for any period of time. But I had been at that church at Discovery. uh, That was the church in Oklahoma for about a year and a half at this point. And I had four people in January 2017 tell me I should plant a church. I said, y'all are crazy, not going to do it, all right? I'll paraphrase this one as fast as I can because I know most of y'all heard this. But I said, y'all are crazy. I'm not going to do that. I'm a youth pastor. I'm a creative. So my job actually there was to do uh, creative ministry. I did um, like the cameras, the, the production setup. I did worship. I did uh, young adults. I actually took that on in my time there. But my main job was communications, marketing, all that stuff for the church, and really was able to help them grow um, in, in a big way. It was, it was a great season of learning for me, doing something new that I had never even done before. Listen, I was not qualified for the role that they gave me. I had to get qualified real quick by the Lord. He qualified me first, and then I had to just, like, catch up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so a year and a half in, these people said, you should plant a church. No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but then my pastor said that he felt like I should plant a church, too. And I'm like, ah, that's crazy. You're like the fifth person to tell me that. And so he said, go pray about it. I did, and I felt like I got this word radical. And then two days later at a prayer service, you know, I raised my hand worshiping this lady who hears from the Lord super well, definitely knows how to hear the voice of the Lord. She is, she could teach a master class on what I'm telling you right now. She'd do it way better than me. Um, she comes up to me and says, radical preaching, radical worship, radical this, radical that. She's just on fire, like saying all this rad- multifaceted, radical. Your word is radical. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm supposed to play in a church and it's supposed to be called Radical Church. I lean over to Lindsay and say, hey, babe, this is what we're supposed to do. And she's like, let's talk about this later. Okay. You know, she was not on board at first, not on board at all, as a matter of fact. And so I waited probably about two years. And I think me and Lindsay maybe talked about Radical a total of four times, five times over the course of the next two years. And I told my pastor the next day after that happened, I said, pastor, I'm not ready. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. I'm not, I know I'm not ready. He said, well, you're definitely not ready. I can tell you that right now. And I was like, hey, chill, pastor. Anyway, but, but he was right, okay? But he knew that I had something within me. He knew that there was something that was going to happen in the future, but it needed to, it needed to, to brew a little bit longer, okay, even within me. And so, uh, two years, we didn't even talk about it, almost three years. And we started to kind of feel a little something like maybe, maybe it's time, maybe it's not, I don't know. But then Lindsay ended up having a vision in church, which is a whole other part of the story. Um, and then we told pastor, and then six months later, we were gone. And that was about, uh, I guess that was October of 2019. So this is about two and a half years, over two and a half years later, we finally acted on the word that God had given me two and a half years earlier, all right? We started Radical Church, and, and we had our first interest party in February of 2020, right before the world just, like, went crazy, okay? And then we had a second interest party in March, and then right, right after that is when COVID hit, right after that. All the churches are scrambling. Nobody knows what to do. What are we going to do? Even us? Like, we're about to launch this new church. How are we supposed to launch a church in the middle of a global pandemic? And we were like, two weeks to slow the spread. It'll be fine. Oh, Lord Jesus, right? That, if, if, that was definitely wrong, of course. And so we were very hopeful at the beginning, thinking like, oh, this is, thing's going to go away. We're going to be fine. We didn't realize the impact this was going to have globally, and we were going to have to really work through this and live through this thing. 
<coughs> excuse me. And so we get to this point in March and April, and I'm freaking out. Like, what do we do? But then I realize I am literally a social media marketing communications expert. <laughs> I have learned how to do this over the last five years at my church. This is what I was trained to do at my church. This is what they hired me to do. And listen, if I would have taken the job at CBC, I might have never gotten married to Lindsay. I would have never learned the skills that I needed to learn at that church over the last five years that I was there to be able to prepare myself for what God had for me here in Kyle, Texas. Listen, we went online and started doing online services well before we even launched. In April and May and June, we started doing online interest parties. I was doing Facebook ads, Google ads. I know how to do all this stuff, getting the website good to go. I did all that in my church before, and God gave me all of those skills so that I would be prepared for what he had coming, which was COVID. And he knew it was going to happen. He knew I needed to know how to do this. And he knew that we needed to wait in that season to learn all those things, to get solid in our marriage, to have our first son, to be able to get here and be prepared for what he had for us for Radical Church. Now, if I would have rushed that word that God gave me in 2017, it would have failed. If I would have rushed when I heard, immediately heard the voice of the Lord, let's act on it now, let's go, let's go. No, 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 listen, sometimes when the Lord speaks to you, it's not for now, it's for later. The Lord spoke over David through the prophet Samuel when he was anointed. And some scholars believe it was at least, you know, five to ten years minimum until he actually became the king over all of Israel. Isn't that crazy? What did David do during that time? He went right back to doing the thing that he was doing before. He was anointed the king. He was, he was, God said, you're going to be the next king. I've anointed you through this prophet. You're going to be the guy. And now go back and tend to some sheep and be an armor bearer and play some music. That's what you're going to do for a while. You're going to be on the run sometimes, you know. You're not going to be king yet. Just hold on. He waited a long time before he was able to finally be king. When he finally became king, he stepped into the word. He stepped into the promise that God had given him when God had spoken over him many, many years ago. And if he had tried to rush it, he probably would have failed. Sometimes I think we need to wait and we need to allow, once again, our character to develop. We need to allow God's word to develop over the course of years. There are some words even that God will speak to you, some things that he will say to you that aren't even for you. There are some things that he will say to you that you might not even see the benefit of until after you are gone. Your kids will see the benefit of the word that God speaks to you. But yet, so many times, we think everything is about us. And in this culture we live in, we want to rush things, we want to push it, we want to move it forward. And yet God is saying, will you just hold on for a second and go back and be faithful and serve the last church that you were at? Will you serve the pastor that you're under right now? And when you're faithful with little, I will give you much right? And so sometimes I think the Lord is saying he'll give you a word and then he wants to test you to see if you're okay with still doing the thing that you've been doing for the last 10 years. And when you're faithful with the little, then he will finally be able to, to let that word blossom and grow within you and grow and at the right time it will come to pass. Maybe it's not until you are gone and this word is for your kids. Sometimes we'll be able to discern that and sometimes we won't. Moses never got to step into the promised land. He made a mistake, don't get me wrong, he definitely made a mistake and that's why he wasn't able to. But it was a promise that the Lord had given, right, to these people that they were going to be able to, to he's going to take all these people out of this captivity, to go to the land that I will show you. And Moses never even made it himself, but his predecessor did. Or not his predecessor, what is that? The next one, his protege, there we go, how about that? Joshua was able to make it in. So 
I want to encourage you with that. Sometimes when the Lord speaks to you, you need to wait, all right? Wait. God's timing is better than yours. I promise. God's timing is always, always better. Discovery Church prepared me for Radical Church. Cornerstone Church, that the first church I worked at, prepared me for Radical Church. Revolution Church, the second one I worked for, prepared me for Radical Church. Everything I went through in my life prepared me to do what I'm doing today. And it was all about waiting on the timing of the Lord, but listening to his voice and letting him lead me through that. The last story I have for you today is this story about this property. Okay, you might have heard this story, you might have not. And if it, you know, some of y'all are like, ooh, property. <laughs> okay, I know this is a story that's been absolutely incredible, what God is doing in me right now. This is the most recent one that I've heard from the Lord. And it was probably about, I think it was in April, I guess, of this year. Um, you know, as a new church, we launched in September of 2020. You're not really looking for property, right? I mean, like we're renting a school. This is amazing. I want to stay as long as I can. Uh, and we're, we're, we're saving funds. And you guys are so generous and sacrificial in your giving. And so we're able to save money every month to where we can eventually be able to get into our own home, a place that we could call home for our church. And I love that we're able to do that. And, and so I wasn't even thinking about finding property, but then the Lord spoke to me um, and basically told me that I needed to go meet with these realtors, okay? And they asked me, they said, have you guys been looking for property? I'm like, not really. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, you should go have coffee with them. And I'm like, all right, cool, like whatever, you know? So I went and had coffee with them. And as I'm having coffee and they're talking to me about these different properties and like, what are your goals? Like, what are some things that you might see in the future of your church, whatever? We're just dreaming, okay? You know, we're in the dreaming phase. We're just trying to figure out what could we do five years from now, 10 years from now? What would, what's possible for our church, right? And a pastor from Austin texts me, a guy I hardly ever talked to. And he texts me, he says, hey, uh, I know we haven't talked in a while, but do you by chance need 200 chairs uh, for your church? And my first thought that I had was, yes, we do. And I was like, wait, no, we don't. We don't need chairs. I mean, you guys are like, we need chairs, pastor. Okay, but, but, <laughs> but we have chairs. Like, we, we use the chairs from the school. We don't need chairs. But, and so I'm thinking of this in my head, and I'm like, okay, that's the Holy Spirit that said that. You, I do need chairs. Why do we need chairs? And I'm sitting across from these realtors, and I'm like, what's going on here? And so I was reminded immediately of this, uh, of this property that Lindsay, when she had her vision, she was basically the Lord took her, and she was flying over this area here in Kyle, over by the Home Depot and Burger King. And was flying over this kind of this blank land. And the Lord said, this is your home. It's time to get ready to go home. We took that at the time as this is our home, like Kyle is our home, and it's time to get ready to go and, and leave Oklahoma and go to Kyle to plant this church. But the Lord spoke to me in that moment, and he said, no, 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 this is your home, like this land, like this, this area, like this spot that I showed your wife, like that is literally your church's home, and it's time to get ready to build. It's time to get ready to go home. And I was like, whoa, like that is crazy. And I was reminded of this property that my mom, back in 2018, it went on the market. And my mom told me a long time ago, she was like, man, this is a, this is a cool property. It's got a house. It's got a warehouse. Like, that could be your church. This could be the offices or kids or whatever it might be. Like, that's pretty cool, you know? Like, you should have this as your church. This is two years before we ever even planted our church. I was still living in Oklahoma when my mom was telling me this, all right? And I was like, mom, you're nuts. Like, this is like $2 million. Like, you don't start. I was like, mom, you don't understand, okay? Like, you don't, you don't get it, Okay. Like, you don't start a church and buy property. No, you, like, you rent, and you do this, and you build, and, and you kind of go through this process, and then you buy your own property. Mom, like, you don't do this. But then as I was thinking about this years later now, I'm like, man, 
I need to go to this property and start praying. So I get to the property. I pull up. I told my friends, that my, my real estate buddies, I was like, guys, I, I got to get out of here. I need to go pray. I feel the Holy Spirit is doing something right now. So I went and I pulled up in front of it. And there was this large pile of rocks, like taller than me, massive rocks. I mean, they're this big around, huge rocks. And I feel the Lord immediately speak to me as I pull up. This is an altar. Watch what I'll do. He said, this is an altar. Watch what I'll do. And that just hit me so hard. And I knew that it was his voice because, I, like I've said, over the years, I've heard his voice in many different times, many different seasons, many different ways. So I knew that that was him. It wasn't me. It wasn't the enemy. I was like, oh, this is the Lord right here, okay? So I was like, all right, Lord, like, what am I doing now? And I felt like I was supposed to get out of the car. And I was like, okay, cool. So I start praying. I get my phone, and I put on some worship music. I start praying. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing right now? And I, started, I just kind of started walking down the side of the fence and just kind of praying over this property. And I'm like, Lord, you know, would you do it? Like, would you, would you help us? Or I don't know what's going on here, but, and I'm not like some name it and claim it guy. Okay. That's not ever been me. That's not who I am. But I start going down this property and I start walking down. And then I realized in my head, I was like, oh man, we're doing Jericho, aren't we? And the Lord was like, yup. So I walk around this thing seven times, y'all, but I have to qualify. I didn't go all the way around it because there was really, really tall grass on like on the back half of it. And I was like, Lord, I ain't trying to get bit by no snake right now. I ain't messing with that. So I went like three quarters of the way around seven times. I was like, Lord, I hope that's good enough, all right? Like, so I went three quarters of the way around seven times. I get back to, the back to, uh, I get back to my car and I yell, Jesus! And I get in my car and I went home, right? That was it. No lightning, no like, you know, sign from the Lord or anything like that. There wasn't anything crazy that happened at that moment. But I went home and then I told my real estate buddy, that's, you know, I, I did something crazy. I walked around it seven times and I basically did like Jericho and I was like praying over it and all this stuff. And, and uh, he said, that's, that's awesome. You're drawing those prayer circles. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but all right, prayer circle, sure. Whatever you say, man, you know. So, uh, and then I, I told, I felt like I was supposed to tell my pastor and then I told our staff that evening. And then Jeff over here, he was on that call and he said the same thing. He's like, you're drawing those prayer circles. I was like, what are these prayer circles you guys are talking about? Like, I'm the pastor. I should know the lingo of like the prayer and, you know, the Christianese kind of stuff. You guys shouldn't be teaching me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. Anyway, but so um, all that to say, he said, yeah, it's a book. It's, it's uh, The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. That's literally what he did. He, he walked around this property in Washington, D.C. It was about $2 million. He prayed over it, and then the Lord basically gave it to them. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's crazy, you know? And so I downloaded the audio book, read it immediately, and then went through this whole thing. Uh, and I was just like, wow, Lord, this is exactly what I did. And, and, and I can understand why they were thinking, like, that's why I did that. I was like, no, I had never even read this book before. And so the Lord was just speaking to me in this moment, and I just so strongly have felt something about this property, about this altar. I don't know what it is, but I know that the Lord spoke to me in that moment. And, and the thing that I think the Lord is teaching me right now and is teaching even us as a church is to have a persistent prayer life. And to be persistent in our prayers and to have radical faith. We did a whole series called Radical Faith. That listen, when God speaks to you and when he tells you something, are we going to pray through it until it happens? Or are we going to stop when things get difficult? Are we going to keep praying and keep believing that when God speaks that he is going to do what he said that he would do? 
or are we going to give up when it seems like, well, maybe it's not going to happen, or, or maybe I was just in my head, or, or maybe that wasn't the Lord. Listen, do you believe when God speaks that he is faithful to do what he said that he would do? I know that I believe that God is going to do something for us. I don't know if it's that property or not. Listen, but I believe, I've been naming it and claiming it ever since then, right? I've been claiming that thing. I was like, Lord, you told me this was it, so I'm just going to say it. You know, like, do we have $2 million? Absolutely not, you know? Does somebody? I'm sure, you know, but it's not me. It's not radical church right now, but does the Lord? Absolutely, you better believe he does. The Lord can do anything he wants, and I'm not going to limit God with my small faith. I'm not going to limit what he can do with my small prayers. I'm going to pray big prayers because when you pray big prayers, you get big faith. When you have big faith, you get God-sized results with that faith. And listen, I believe that God wants to do something amazing in our church, and he spoke to me about this altar. And there's something about this altar that I'm going to come back to time and time and time again. And I want us to continue to pray when it seems like that it's not going to happen. When the Lord does speak to you and you finally hear his voice and you're like, yes, I heard you, Lord. I heard your voice and I'm so excited about it. But, but over time, maybe your excitement starts to wane a little bit. As you get into your faith for a while, you start to be like, well, is that really what God said? Listen, it is what God said. We have to be able to pray persistently through those things. And I want to ask you today, are you still praying? I preached that message back in April, okay? I preached it back in April. Now, I know some people are praying for it, but are you still praying? Are you still praying for this, for this altar, for a property, for a building that we can call home? Are you still praying for the things that God has told you in your life years ago? Maybe you stopped praying for them. Listen, I want to encourage you. Start those prayers again. Start those dreams again. Believe God for the big things. Go back and, and, and see the things that you've journaled. Go back and see the things that God has said years and years ago that you have lost hope for and start believing that God is going to do it. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, in life, your gifting and skill will only take you so far, right? You're, you're, the thing that propels you into the air is not the thing that's going to sustain you there, right? Your giftings, your skills, your talents, all of these things will take you many, many places. But just like an airplane, right, uh, what, how do they get off the ground in the first place, okay? They get off the ground uh, by, by the uh, propulsion that gets them off the ground. But that's not what actually keeps them there, right? It's the wind resistance and the wings. That's what actually keeps them up in the air as they are going, right? It's a completely different thing that keeps them there. Um, hearing God's voice and obeying him is what's going to sustain you over the long term. You might have skills. You might have talent. You might have good leadership ability. You might have money. You might have status. You might have all of these different things. But at the end of your life, what's going to be the thing that's going to sustain you? You're going to be at the end of your life saying, man, I know that I followed the Lord. I've done well. And when you, when you pass away, you're going to be able to say, uh, God's going to look at you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's going to be knowing that you heard the voice of God and that you did the best that you could to obey him while you were here. I promise you, that's going to be the stuff that you care about in eternity, not the giftings and the skills that you had while you were here. So, what will cut that connection off? This is, what, this is my last little thing. So I've talked to you about four times when I've, really five, when I've heard the voice of God in my life, different ways, different times, different seasons. What will cut that off? Unrepentant sin. Sin will cut off your ability to hear the voice of God. And some of you, you might be thinking in this place, you're like, 
Oh, God, like, why can't I feel your presence anymore? Like, why don't I hear you? Or, and I, listen, I, I believe that God does speak in different ways and in different seasons. And just because you don't get goosebumps and just because you're not seeing, like, crazy miracles all the time doesn't mean that you're not hearing from God. And it doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean that you're not a believer, okay? You don't want to base everything in your, in your walk with Christ off of feeling, Okay. But at the same time, you might be thinking, well, why am I not hearing? I feel like I don't have a great connection with the Lord right now. Listen, I would ask you to look internally first and look at yourself and say, where are some places in my life maybe I'm uh, harboring unrepentant sin? Because sin literally will cut the connection off that you have from the Lord. It actually says in the Bible that when we have unrepentant sin, that the Lord does not hear our prayers. And many of us, will, well, pastors will get up and preach, God hears you when you pray. Absolutely. But listen, when you have unrepentant sin in your life and you think that you can come up to the Lord and just ask for whatever you want and yet you're going to live your life as if you don't even know who he is, don't believe that God's going to answer that prayer. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Listen, we have to look internally first and say the problem is not with God. It's not with him not speaking. It's not that he doesn't have a plan for you. It doesn't, it's not that he doesn't want to talk to you and have this communication with you. But sometimes there's some things in our life that we are blocking that communication channel from coming through. That's the first thing that I would say to look at is do you have some unrepentant sin? And the second thing that I would say to look at is unforgiveness. Many times in our lives, if we are harboring unforgiveness, I, I've seen this in my own life and I've seen this in other people's lives, that when you are not forgiving, you're not a forgiving person and you're harboring things against other people, it is very, very difficult for the Lord to work through you. It says in the Bible, how, how can you hate your brother, right? Like, how could you hate somebody else? How could you harbor all these things against them and basically expect God to, to work through you and do things in your life? It's not possible, okay? And so unforgiveness and unrepentant sin. I'll t I told you that I was going to come back to a time in my life. There were some things that kind of cut off my connection with the presence of the Lord where I was not able to hear his, his voice clearly. And it really wrecked me, okay? And there was a time for about eight months when I was going out, and I've kind of preached this before, but there was a time for about eight months when I was doing some things I shouldn't have, and I was going out to the square in San Marcos and, and partying, and, and I was drinking, and I was messing around with people I shouldn't have been messing around with, and I ended up, I was basically living with my girlfriend at the time, and then I'd go to church on Sunday morning and be like, God, where are you? It's like, What? And yet there's so many t times that we live like that and we, we don't take a second. And we're not honest enough with ourselves to be like, listen, the problem's not with God, okay? The problem's with me. I need to change. I need to come and lay these things down at the foot of the cross and change like myself. I need to say, God, will you do this in me? Will you completely change my mindset? Will you, will you change the way that I think about this? Will you eradicate this sin from my life so that I can have this relationship, this connection with you restored in the way that it really should be in its most pure form? Lord, I want to hear your voice. And I know that I can't do that if I'm holding on to this sin, if I'm holding on to these things. Listen, I'm not saying you have to be absolutely perfect, but you have to be able to come to the cross and repent it when you do mess up. And I believe that God has grace for each and every one of you. If there's something that's going on in your life that you need to drop off with Jesus today, I would encourage you to do that. And I believe that the Lord will start to speak to you more clearly. You'll be able to hear his voice more clearly. You'll be able to feel his presence. You'll be able to feel the Holy Spirit leading you in your life even more when you drop those things off. There's people in your life that maybe you need to forgive today. You need to text them. You need to call them. You need to forgive those people. 
the first two stories of me hearing the voice of God was before I kind of went through this season of, of running away from the Lord. And then I didn't really feel or hear his voice for that entire season. And I don't know what I would do without being able to hear the voice of God anymore. Like, I, I, I just can't live without it. And if you don't know what that feels like, I encourage you to get, like, do anything that you can to get to a place where you can hear his voice. And you can understand where he's leading you because it will change the way that you look at everything. So sin will cut off that. Unforgiveness will cut it off. And when I gave my life back to the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I've been running from you these last eight months, these last eight to nine months, and I'm done with that. I, that this, is, this is not what I want. This is not the life that you've called me to live. And I know that. I'm going to come back to you, Lord. And that's when I met Lindsay. That's when that, that whole thing happened. That's when I got that call from Joseph. About a year later, I got that call from Joseph, went to Oklahoma. That's when I got the word radical. A few years even after that, I got the word radical. A few years after that is when the Lord brought us here, and now we're here today. And it's all because I decided that I was not okay with not hearing the voice of God in my life. I was not okay with unrepentant sin, and I had to do everything I could to execute that stuff in my life so that I could toss that thing away so that I have, have something that was much better. Listen, this, the life that the world will offer you is good. You can live a, a good life in sin. You can live a good life. You think that you're happy in this life, right? But listen, will you trade in good for great today? Will you trade in good for the best? Because the life that God has for you is so, so, so much better than anything this world has to offer. I promise. So I just want to encourage you with my testimony today. And I hope that it's built up your faith a little bit. Has it today? It's built up some faith in the place today. Okay, cool. I hope this is a good little family talk with us. Uh, for those of you that are watching online, listen, I believe this is for you too. For those of you that are, are, are dealing with things uh, at home, for those of you that might be sick, for those of you that have family members, listen, I pray that, that even God is going to touch you right there where you're at today and you're going to be able to let go of some of these things. You're going to be able to hear the voice of God even more clearly today. So what I want everybody to do is to stand up with me and I'm going to pray over you. All I want to encourage you with today, will you let go of the sin in your life? Will you let go of the unforgiveness? And will you say yes to hearing the voice of God and obeying him when he speaks? Get quiet by yourself at some point today, at some point this week, and just ask God. I would encourage you even every single night, pray and, and read your Bible and ask God before you go to sleep. God, will you speak to me? Every morning when you wake up, God, will you speak to me? I want to hear your voice. And don't do it just for you, but do it for those around you. And I think that's really why the Lord helped me to hear him in, in that one Whataburger season is because it wasn't about me. I was like, God, I want to hear your voice, but not just so that I can get better, but so that I can make the world better. So that I can help this world to experience you in a better way. Don't let it be just about you, but man, when the Lord speaks a word to you, let that word get in you and then let that thing come out and let the world see the light of Jesus within you. Amen. I'd ask today if there's anybody in this place that wants to hear the voice of God more clearly, maybe you have some things you need to let go or whatever it might be, but if this message has resonated with you and you say, hey, pastor, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to know what God has for me. I want to feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. Would you just raise your hand I, as a sign of, hey, like, I want to hear your voice, God. I, I'm here today. I'm opening up my heart. I'm opening up my mind for you. This is, you know, actually all across this place, you just lift both your hands and just a posture of receiving today. Just open up your hands like you're receiving a gift from the Lord. Because really, anytime the Lord speaks, it's a gift. 
When the Lord speaks to us through his word, through scripture, that is a gift from God. When he speaks to you personally, that is a gift from God. And we need to treat it as such. So, Father, right now, I just ask that you would pour out your spirit upon each of these people that are here today. God, I thank you that as you have spoken to me, that you will speak to them. I declare over them visions, dreams. I declare over them that they're going to let go of this sin right now that's been plaguing them in the name of Jesus right now. The sin that they've been going over and over and over and over and over again and they feel far from you. Lord, but you just take it away from them right now as they offer it up to you, Lord. As they give this sin up to you and as they say, Lord, would you take this away? Would you throw it as far as the east from the west? God, I'm done with this. I'm done with this sin. I want to hear your voice. I want to feel your presence. I want to feel your spirit leading me, God. In my family, in my life, Lord, I need you. I can't live without you, Lord. I pray that this would be the cry of our hearts as a church, God. That we would not be okay with good, but we want great. We want the best, and we know the best is when you speak and when we obey. When you speak, we move, God. This is what we ask, Father. And so for those of them that are are needing to forgive somebody, Lord, they're releasing this unforgiveness to you right now. Lord, I pray that you would heal their hearts. Heal their minds, God. There's some of them that have been plagued uh, by their sins in the past. There's some people in here today that that have memories, Lord, that, that literally plague them every single day. Whether it's memories of sin that they've been in their life or memories of things that have been done to them. Father, I believe that Right now, by your Holy Spirit, I just feel right now over this place that there are some memories that the Lord is cleansing right now. There are some things that, there's some people that have been abused in this place that you have not been able to forgive the person that abused you and you have a memory of this and it haunts you every single night. I don't know who that is, but there's somebody in here that that's you. And listen, I believe the Lord is taking that burden off of you right now. And you're going to be able to forgive. You're not going to forget. Listen, the memory is still going to be there. I want to stress that. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to forget it. But when you think of it, you're going to think of it differently. The Lord's going to cleanse that memory. He's going to cleanse your mind. He's going to change your mindset. And he's going to be able to flip those memories, not into the terrible, terrible, horrible thing that it was. But listen, he's going to use this to propel you into your future. That's a word for somebody here today. Would you just continue to receive right now? As you give, God will give back. Give up your sin, give up your unforgiveness and receive the presence of the Lord today. Father, I pray that you would speak to us more clearly than you ever have before. God, even for me, even right now, as you've spoken to me even just so recently about our church and this whole altar property thing, Lord, I pray that we would have way more stories than this. But that's just the beginning of the things that we're going to hear from you as a church. There's been other words and other prophecies and things that have been spoken over our church. Lord, I pray that they would continue, that they wouldn't just stop now, but Lord, that you would continue to do more, that we would hear your presence, hear your voice and, and feel your presence leading us as a church and as a body, but even individually and as families, Lord, that you would lead these people. Father, I declare blessing over each and every one of them here in this place right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you're cleansing our mind and that you're going to teach us. Father, would you just be our teacher? Teach us to hear you. Teach us to obey you. Teach us to have faith in this place. And we seal this right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, if you believe that the Lord is going to do something in your life from what you just heard today, will you just give him a big shout of praise and clap today? 
Thank you for listening to my story and what God has done in my life. Listen, I'm just one man. I'm just one story. What's your story? What is God doing through you? Hey, we love you. We'll see you next week, all right? God bless you.